When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, yeah, what do you want? Beak or jaws, feathers or fur, sharp teeth or feet with claws, whatever's preferred. They'll grant you all last requests to steady your nerves, then podcast the body parts, get severed and served. Bring your weak shit where the wolf and owler. That ain't just a mistake, that's an awful howler. Both of them are known to pull up at your shows, have the crowd witnessing the murder like they rolled in with a gang of crows. Fuck the censorship, let them see the whole thing. They stay dressed to kill, never sheep's clothing. Dark enough to turn the sun to the moon, you'll see nothing. All you hear's a huff a puff and a Expect killings, red spilling and flesh ripping Impressive in it, the death bringing his head spinning Just kidding, every word in his song's about two grown men Dressed up as a bird and a dog Okay, welcome to the Wolf and Owl Yo, yo, um, one, one soars down and one runs fast A wolf, a owl, they're gonna have a laugh don't ever, ever do that again. Why? Why? <laughs> What's... Well, I quite like that vibe. That's the sort of thing that I get asked to do on panel shows a lot. What, right? Not. I'll do so. Yeah, they'll go, um, so we're thinking you could just maybe do a rap about your experiences on the show. Um, oh, my God. You could either pre-write it or, like, have a think on the time. And then, and then what happens is in the past, because I got nervous and I didn't want to be a difficult guest, I would say, yeah, okay. Oh, no, you didn't, yeah? No, I have done it a couple of times. It's like, hey, oh my gosh, play to the whistle. Really spiky, a bit like a thistle. Talking about football with Frank Lampard. Sometimes, I've got to be honest, it's quite hard. And then, or some shit like that. I've just made that up. Right? You should have thrown it. You should have got Dave Spiky as a guest. Yeah, that would have been ideal. And then it ends, and then you get a round of applause because you've stopped rapping. And then in your heart, <laughs> in your heart, you know, that was absolutely fucking awful. You've done it quite a few times on League of Their Own, haven't you? Oh god, I have done it in League of Their Own. I've done, I've done it once in yeah. League. Of, I did do it once in League of Their Own. But, I, but the Stormzy one was actually pretty cool. Oh, to yeah. be fair, that was it looked incredible. Well, that was. Let, let's um, should we be absolutely honest about that? The reason it looked incredible is because the production values. It was nothing that the. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, but you both looked in costume. You looked good as well. I, I, if I was going to release a rap song, or like a sort of hip hop sort of funky tune, I think it would go. I'd do something like, "Yo, Rami's got a big dick." But he don't know what to do with it. Mm. Do you know? Do you know? I know that you think that the rapping was cringe, but I cringed when you said hip hop funky tune. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I want out of it. I want a hip hop funky yeah, tune. Yeah. How would you, as a connoisseur, as like you're like the Grace Dent of hip hop, right? And in music, oh right? How would you yeah. describe a really cool tune you liked, a really edgy tune you liked? Oh, I don't know. Let's just go, that's a really good no, tune. No, like, I know you put pictures up and it's like now within the community of hip-hop, it's kind of cool if you put a picture up of a song you like. Mm. And it's just... I think, you know, you know sometimes when um, you watch like uh, sort of nature shows when they're sat in, set in like, 
sort of in the planes where you see lions yeah. kind of and and then and then you see the lion get excited when like it's like one of the gazelles is injured or something like that that's the kind of vibe that you've got now where you you're sort of you've decided to open up on this hip hop thing and and you, you you're sort of you're sort of circling just thinking I'm going to I'm about to fucking go for this in throat now I just uh, just like no, you get sort of poor you you sort of injured my leg. I'm sort of limping a bit. You're pouring at me a little bit, knowing that you're gonna. By the way, I can't believe I dropped the C bomb in that context. It was so brutal. Mate, that. Apologies, apologies, apologies. Get it beeped out. But um, listen, man. I called an. I called it. Listen, I got to say this. I, I'm I'm in York at the moment, right? I called an audience member. A what? Within a minute of the show starting. Yeah, bad, wow. Really bad. Bad. Bad form for me. Wow. Really bad form. What What happened? Was it uh, the heckler? He sort of heckled quite innocently, but it, it, like it was an overexcited heckle. I had it the other night when I I was gigging uh, in um, Cambridge. Uh, I was comparing, and in the second half, there's just this guy who I don't. I wouldn't even call it heckling. He just was so over familiar, like so chatty in the front row, and actually like not saying anything harsh. But it was like three times he interjected before punchlines with his own punchline, and it's mm. like it was a. Big, big audience. It was like a lot of people there, but it was like genuinely like, I'm going to have to kind of deal with this because like, otherwise it's just going to happen all night. So I sort of like started chatting to him and tried to sort of like say, look, you know, let's have a chat about you, get everything out about you because you clearly want to make tonight about you. And um, mm. he was just so vanilla and sort of quite beige, but didn't get so excited just to be there. I felt so harsh. Yeah. But then also on the, you're there with a job to do. I mean, well, I, dropping I, I, a there's, C-bomb there's, within... There's, the minutes, quite. I know that was that. That was well. Well, to be fair, I got away with it because it, it wasn't. I didn't say it in a really aggressive way. But as soon as I said it, I thought that's a, because that that I think that is like a that is a break glass in case of emergency word. Yeah, yeah, really. yeah. So course. like, well, look, touch wood on this tour. I've not had a horrible heckle. When I used to, when you used to do the clubs, oh. you'd get like heckles where people were just like they would just say something to, to throw you off or whatever. But these heckles, I think, are people being overexcited. But like, like your, your bloke there that you're talking about, who's actually probably not trying, he's not trying to be disruptive, but he doesn't get it that like, that it's not helping. Right? I think it's people make so he, so, so, out of that heckling thing. Like it's a part of the job. It's like singing along to yeah. a song and it's not. Well, mate, I, I had it, I had it once in, I was doing a show in Leicester and this bloke would not, I was comparing, it wasn't even a show. I mean, it was a show, but it was a mixed bill show I was hosting. And this guy was like shouting, shouting, shouting. Like every time I said something, you get involved. And I was like, absolutely like, uh, uh, like really laying into him and like it was like it wasn't awkward it was funny but it, he made my job a lot harder that night right because every time I said something he would get involved and blah 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 and I just wanted to move the show on and wanted to get the axe on and stuff like that but most of my time on stage was spent dealing with him and then afterwards like, I came off and I was like you know literally going to the other acts fucking hell that bloke was difficult and he comes up to me he goes that was amazing wasn't it you and me just like bouncing back and forth off each other and like he thought it was like a, he thought he was like contributing to the show, and I was like, mate, that was a nightmare for me. Not, I didn't say that. Yeah. I absolutely didn't say that. that. Would have been awful. But 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 you know, when people that bloke that was talking to you, he doesn't realise, and people don't realise, and you have to you do have to bear that in mind as a comic. Like sometimes I don't know if this happened to you with this bloke, but the times when it's really, I find it really sort of annoying, I guess, or just upsetting for the crowd or for the show is when you. You know, you build up that tension of the setup, and you're just about to drop the punchline, and somebody says something, right? Because what they do is like they're taking the air out of the bubble, the the balloon that you've just blown up, yeah. right? 
And 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 so like you basically you, you can't say this to them because it would just be so wanky. But basically, what you want to say to them is, you've you sort of ruined all the work I've done up to that. You point. know what? It's you know, a bit like know, all of this routine was building up to this, yeah. and then you just like stepped on it. But they don't know. You can't be like that. They don't know. But also, it's a bit like you know at the fair you get those things where you have got the little loop and you've got the metal thing that you just put it all round, right? Yeah, like, yeah. It's that's like a if good, you're doing that, yeah, and you're going through all of that, and just as you get to the end, some prick runs up and tickles you. Right, yeah, that's that essentially what it is like. Actually, that's just a great like, description of what it is. Talking about it just before uh, we came on air, but I had that thing yesterday where... Um, on air? On air. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> just before we came on air? Oh, God. <laughs> Genuinely, that's the... I, I actually feel like my stomach's just fucking dropped out my arsehole. That's the... I feel so fucking on air. God. You know what I feel there? Old. <laughs> I feel yeah. old. Well, what I've realised now is you think these go out live. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so old saying that. Like a crusty old man. Thanks for, listen, thanks for tuning in <laughs> to the Wolf and Our podcast. I, I was saying just before we started the podcast that um, uh, my pal phoned me up, a, a group of mates yesterday, and they were asking for mm. tickets to go and see you. But they were already proper wavy when they called. They were like... Yeah. steaming and he could get his head around why i wouldn't sit like you know that you'd be ha- like look what you needed uh in your gig last night was a backup of five smash blokes who are on a weekender in york um actually I, uh, steaming yeah one of the things i didn't realize about york f- first of all what a beautiful place incredible right incredible what a place man um what i did not realize uh, I went for lunch yesterday with a couple of friends. Nice. Um, and uh, shout out the Source Vegan Restaurant oh, wow. in uh, in York. Insane. I had like this VFC Zinger Burger, nice. which was unreal. I had Frickles, which were deep fried battered pickles. Unbelievable. Oh, wow, that sounds amazing. Yeah. And I had a vegan eaten mess for dessert. I mean, I only had a bit of it because I was really full up. I just had it for the taste. But... Great restaurant. Anyway, that's not the well, reason. Well, the meringue's made out of chickpeas or something. That is how they make meringue. I think it's, it's aquafaba, isn't it? Yeah, or, so or whatever, no, the yeah, chickpea yeah. water. Yeah. Sounds absolutely right. But actually, no, you know what? They make incredible meringues. I've got to shout out chickpea yeah. water for. Uh, but what I didn't realise was how staggy and henny uh, oh, yeah. York can be on a weekend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I would say more. He- there were loads of, loads of hendos. So many, man. It was crazy. Yeah. It's, it's just like, literally, uh, I, I came out of lunch. This is so boring what I'm talking about. Anyway, I went to get some throat recovery tea because Ooh, my voice yeah. is going up. Okay. <laughs> and as I walked to Holland and Barrett, 20 women walked past me wearing plastic glasses with penises on the front. <laughs> you know what? I sh- That's one group. Like, I, I, I was genuinely worried that Hindus and stag dudes were losing that edge. Oh, God, I know. I know. You're so passionate about hen and stag dudes, aren't you? No, yeah, but I, I worry that they're going to get too classy. What do you mean? But, you know, the penis glasses and the sort of, like, guy mm. running around with it. You like the penis glasses? Yeah, yeah. And the inflatable uh, mm. blow-up doll that sort of go, gets thrown around and, you know, invariably ends up in bed with the most drunk guy, right? Yeah. I think that they're, 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 they're important parts of sort of stag and hen dudes. Mm. I think there should, you know, look, there should be an embarrassing story about someone at each of these things for the wedding. I, dis- I, f- I really disagree. What? I, I mean, I, I really strongly disagree. But, I mean, look, I... The truth is, you and I both know of the two of us, I am very much the wet blanket of the group. Right. Group. Look, you, we all know part you're on, 
Man, there's a fucking guy here who fucking hits up Bacardi and drives around in a Ferrari. Now, that's a better rap. Um, <laughs> that's a better funky tune. Wait, I bet on a stag deal, I bet you, you cut zip and you uh, you flow wild. Uh, I, I do. I, I mean, look, don't get me wrong. I do enjoy, like, having a few drinks and stuff. But, like, uh, God, that was... that. Is that... Is that is that I th- I think, more stereotypical? You know, yeah, can I, can I just say, worst, by the way, I, I was genuinely worried that the me saying about us being on air, right, was going to be the cringiest thing that either has said on this podcast until you came flying in double-footed and said, no, don't worry, I could beat that with, no, I do enjoy having a couple of drinks and stuff, obviously. Now, listen, listen, I, I, listen, I have a couple of drinks with the best of them, you know, and sometimes, sometimes I've been known to, to, to swear more than usual and say a couple of things about... But, about friends that they, they weren't that keen on. But whether it's um, at home with Lisa or the kids or on a stag do, you can always guarantee that party Ron will be in bed by 10.30. Yeah. Um, but what I, 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 I'm going to just say this now, and, and I know this is an insult to the very core of who you are. The, the, the embarrassing pranks thing can just fuck off. Really? I, I can't stand it. I can't stand it. I, I just I, I don't find it funny when it's being done to someone else. I certainly don't find it funny when it's done to yeah, me. You more haven't got worried. You're married now. It's done to the me. The only more time often now is when, when it's. Yeah, but, the, yeah, but I, do, I still have an empathy for the poor fucking when guy it's that's in an when it's, apple core stuffed up his ass. When we go on Theo's stag do, that's going to be where it's like. That's you are be. not. Listen, let me tell you something now. You're not coming on Theo's stag do. And if that kid's got any sense, I'm not going on his stag do either. Mate, it would be so, so fucking cool if we were all there for him. <laughs> Like, my mate James, right, he had all of his, like, his dad's friends were there. It was like, there was yeah. different generations, different people bringing different flavours to the stag do. Yeah. I always like it when I see a stag do and I go, oh, my God, he's invited his dad and his dad's mates. That's pretty funny. One of the worst memories of my life is uh, being in the same room as my father when a stripper turned up. <laughs> so was that in the pub or...? Yeah, that was in the pub. Like one, of, I, I can't remember what it was for. I think it's like a mate's. I think a mate was having like you know sometimes people have two stag days where they have yeah, like yeah. one where, well, it doesn't matter. But people do have two stag days, and like one of my this guy's stag days was at my dad's pub, and then this this stripper turned up as a surprise thing, and just I I just <laughs> I reckon I looked at my dad's face more than I did the stripper just to see. I just did. I just wanted to. It's like driving past a car crash. <laughs> Do you mean I, I sort of the fear of seeing what my dad's like when he's sort of visually aroused? <laughs> Just as a quick one as well, if we are going to go to any of Theo's uh, or any of the boys, Alex or Charlie, if we're going to go to their stag dudes, make sure that we get invited to both, not just the English ones. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they're like just just Theo and his group of mates just trying to enjoy a stag do, and us going. No, we used to do a podcast. Actually, big, <laughs> big it was. We had merch. We did live shows. Yeah, as Theo mentioned it. Oh, he hasn't. No, no, I am his dad. Yeah, no, I am his dad. No, no, he's my mate Tommy. <laughs> what did he say? He didn't say that. Weird old security guard who's turned up. <laughs> Wheezy old man. Um, now, Tom, listen, I, 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 I don't. I don't like to do uh, handbrake turns in this podcast, but Night Ninja, talk to me. Yo, can I just shout out someone? Incredible. Amazing. So we, we last, I'd say, maybe for the last month, we've been struggling quite a lot with Grace's sleep, like literally doing little 45-minute, half an hour, sleeps, wakes, freaks out, can't get back down to sleep for about another hour or so. It's been, it's been hard. So um, shout out my, our friend, James Gill, 
Gilly, the Gilmeister, um, put me in mm. touch with uh, the Night Ninja. And yeah. my word, within five, six days, an absolute game changer. Like last, I feel like literally back to myself today. I mean, look, I don't touch wood, it lasts and lasts. And what she does is set you up with a sleep plan that can work. But um, yeah, man, it's like Grace last night, I, well, this morning, I had to wake Grace up at 20 past seven because she mm. was trying to sleep in on a Sunday. Yeah. It was, Why did you have to wake her up? Well, I had to get up and like just you can't let her sleep. She might have slept till like eight or nine. Right. I mean, she she wakes up, but it's look. I the thing about it, I don't want to really get into the because the worst thing you can do, and what I've had the habit of doing is listening to stuff when I'm not an expert, and then trying right. to take. I mean, that. and then you, I mean, you half you don't want to half ask. No, no. So I don't like. I'd, I'd say to any parents out there who are struggling, get in touch. She's it's 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 not a really really expensive thing. It's not at all. It, it, and I've, by the way, this isn't a product. I've paid for this. It's a service I've paid for. I, I, it's a, yeah. Tom, listen, just to be absolutely clear, Tom has paid for this uh, via a series of Instagram posts. All right. So, <laughs> so please, can you not? No, I've paid fully for this. She is, no, she's, she's someone who's making her way in the world. And I think she's genuinely like amazing to deal with, really cares. So I'd say that if you are struggling and it is a struggle at the time, I, as well, me and Catherine spent a, quite a long time where we were, we didn't want to get someone to come in and help because we were worried about asking for help. And we were trying to sort of mm. think, oh, if we, we'll probably be, yeah, it'll be another day or another two days and we'll turn a corner and days became weeks. And, you know, it started affecting our relationship, started affecting my work. You know, it, it, got, it got to a place, you know, because sleep's so important. I think that's the thing that you sort of, like when you're not getting a full night at all, you're literally getting an hour here and an hour there. It's different from, all right, I've only had four or five hours, literally getting an hour, you know, so... Yeah, the little lady is smashing sleep now. I mean, yeah, she's a little uh, little rascal. Do you know what I'd like? I'd like an adult night ninja because I, I even if I like one, it's, it's been brought home to me by the fact I've been in this hotel. I've not had to get up because I've got tour shows in the evening. I mean, I've got up for the podcast, but like, I can't. I'm just not good at sleeping. My they call it sleep hygiene. I think my sleep hygiene's bad. Like you know, like there is people who do it, man. Yeah, I need to. I need to get my sleep game. Better. You know what? If I it, was, listen, even if I even if I don't have something to get up for. So basically, during the sitcom, I've been getting up at five every morning, right? Yeah. And you sort and and like so you, as that happens over the weeks, you sort of get more and more tired. I mean, you look forward to having a a full, you know, not having to get up at that time. And then I just get up at that time anyway, or I'm up through the night or whatever. It's mad. It's crazy. Yeah, there is people that do it, man. Like. Even this morning, I was like, like I say, I was up at like quarter past six, half six, just because that's, mm. you know, and both Catherine and Grace stepped through to about, oh yeah, two, five past half seven. So, mm. and then some of that probably was down to me waking him because I was actually so jealous. Um, yeah. And maybe I was just really pissed off that I was the only one in the house just sitting up with mm. a coffee mm. inside of him. And I was just yeah. actually, maybe um, my my piece of shit uh, elements to my personality have just sort of poured out. Like a, oh God! Sort of, what is going on here? I don't know. Maybe What's I'm happening? in the meltdown. What are you doing? You know, I felt like I was looking for a word that I couldn't find, and I couldn't even make one up that felt like that word I was looking for. I was like, wow. it's like looking for a pair of trainers that I love, and I couldn't quite find them. Mm. Oh my God! But speaking of which, by the way, the number of times I've been looking for a specific shirt or jacket and can't find it. And then that becomes an obsession for me. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know if I if I'm going out right. If I if I set my mind on wearing a specific shirt, yeah, and yeah, I can't yeah. find it in the moment, 
I, I've got loads of other shirts. I could just put on one of those and go. I I delay leaving because I suddenly become obsessed with where this might have got to. And and the the, the theories I entertain as to what might have happened. Uh, the other day, I asked Lisa if she'd thrown any of my clothes out without telling me. Um, but yeah, I just I just can't get past it. I, I I have to find that thing before I get ready. And then and then sometimes I don't even end up wanting to wear it. Yeah, when you put it on, you obsessed. don't feel like it works anyway with what you're wearing. Yeah, or, or I become get, obsessed yeah. with finding this thing. I did a big wardrobe clear out the other day. Did you? Yeah, um, you know what? I actually feel. I know that it's probably a bit late, but the weather's been all over the place. But I think spring clean, spring spring cleanitis has come to me. What does that mean? Well, I cleared out the garage yesterday. Feel fucking absolutely like outstanding by that. Like genuinely, like fucking buzzing. Got a big skip. Just got stuck in. So I just threw loads of old shit away that we've been hoarding and holding on to. Really? Yeah, but then we've got new neighbours as well. Right? We've got a person who's worked moved like two or three doors up. And um, I did that thing to try and look cool. This is actually really, yeah. So he, um, <laughs> he was moving in and at the front, everyone, yes, they was at the front of their houses, right? Because there's a new neighbour come, new neighbours coming in. So people have, all of a sudden, people are washing cars, mowing lawns, people are fucking tending, just doing shit that they haven't done, right? Um, so I make this observation to Catherine, we have a bit of a laugh about it, right? Um, I'm like, look at everyone out, nosy fuckers, because, you know, anyway, the guy comes down, says hello, he's like, oh, hi, man, I'm moving a couple doors in. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I said, um, yeah, the, everyone saw the moving van, I see, and now everyone's out the front of the house having a little look, and he went, is that why you got a skip? <laughs> right? Absolute fucking oh, mic mate, drop. Yeah, fucking absolute, yeah, fucking nailed me, right? <laughs> and I just sort of went, no, 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 we had this booked in for ages. And then, and then he sort of laughed, and he was clearly having a bit of banter. Good guy for banter. In my mind, you though... Know, is, is Lee Mack moved in two doors, <laughs> In my mind, though, I'm like, this guy's now fucking... He's put me in with everyone else in the neighbourhood. Of course he has, yeah. Because you did that classic thing of... You, you did a really dick move of trying to separate yourself from the rest of the street and elevate yourself like a fucking cool cat. Oh, hello, mate. Yeah, I don't know what, what's up with this lot, even though I'm talking to you out the front here. Exactly <laughs> like them, but I'm trying to separate myself. So you, try, you tried to basically fucking absolutely throw the rest of the street under the bus. Yeah, and it's back. And, it's, and, and it's now backfired. I look, yeah, but I, and it, I look worse than anyone because I'm the one yeah. who sort it remi- of... It reminds me of when um, Idris Elba takes over at the, at the American office and, like, old uh, Jim's trying to ingratiate himself with him and he just completely fucking backfires. Yeah, that's but you, that's a, you know, that's the trouble, though, isn't it? It's like when, when you are in a situation, it's best to stand together with everyone. Yeah, I mean, that's a great lesson. What a lovely, what a lovely way of... Of taking what you've done and 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 uh, you just run and using it as a lesson for all. It's like a parable. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably how Jesus works, isn't it? Yeah, it probably is. Yeah. Like, you know, when you look, look at the Bible as as a whole book, like it feels quite like, oh, this oh, is man. fucking a lot. This to is read. this is this is big even for you to step into this territory. But go on. <laughs> no, but you look at it, you go, fucking hell, a lot happened to him. But actually, when you look at it, it's a very small stories that when put together, uh, actually go, oh, actually, fucking hell, that's a better way of living your life. Yeah, that would be a nice little parable. There was a, there was a man uh, stood outside front of his house and a new neighbour uh, perched up upon his land and this man said upon to him, oh, the whole street stand outside uh, to welcome your arrival. I believe they're nosy and gossips. And the neighbour replied to the man, but hence, do you not do you stand not? with the street? 
That's exactly, that's exactly the line I was going to I had to jump in because it's such a good line you'd set up there. <laughs> we work in a synergy. That genuinely, yeah, no, 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 we don't work in a synergy. You're the type of prick that fucking ruins people's bits on panel shows. <laughs> I've, you, I've seen your type before, mate. Have you ever done that on a panel show? I've done it by accident yeah, and have, fucking yeah. regretted it I really have, yeah. badly. I did it early on. Because the thing is, when, when somebody's telling a story, you want to help them out, right? And, yeah. and like, a lot of people do want to help people out, right? So you, not help them out, but do you know what I mean? You, you sort of like, you just ask questions, do you know what I mean? But sometimes when you ask a question, you're asking a question because you're interested. And then you end up fucking, like, saying the punchline by mistake. I've done that before. Awful. Mate, do you know the worst time, and I hope, because I know he listens to this, and he's one of both of our dear friends, and I love him, is the worst time I ever saw that happen was, like, really early on in our careers, me and Ian Sterling were booked to do this, I think it was BBC3 or ITV2 panel show, where, you know, like, yeah. the crossover had started of, like, you'd have our generation of comedians, but we'd be on with reality stars. Yeah. And, um, like, Ian was on one team. That doesn't really happen. Does that still happen? I don't know. But it was an awful time, man. It was a, I, yeah, yeah, it was I so fucking like, yeah. Anyway, Ian, <laughs> Ian was on the team. I was in, and he was on a team with Spencer Matthews uh, right. from Made in Chelsea. And Ian basically was doing a bit that was really. I'd seen him do it, and it was a funny story. And I was like, oh fucking hell, he's going to nail this because it's a great bit that he's got, and he's managed to get this into this show, right? And through the, I mean, we were going back basically to to people fucking heckling. Spent like so, Ian. I'm not even going to try and do Ian's accent, but um, Ian would be telling the story, get into a bit, and Spencer Matthews would interject with the next bit of the story because he could he could sort of see where it was going or, or like sort of right. And then Ian was going, Hey, oh, oh, thanks, Spencer. And he'd go, oh, No problem, it's like a double act, isn't it? And you could see Ian getting more and more annoyed, right? And then, like. Ian got to the punchline, and the punchline, obviously, because Ian's a fucking stand-up comedian, good storyteller, was completely fucking at odds with where the story had been going, and it was like yeah. going in a different... But Spencer went with the way that he thought this would end. Like the route one. The yeah, route the route one, one, one interjected right at the punchline and completely fucking killed Ian's story. And I remember seeing, like, sitting there, like, looking at... Like, my heart just going out for... Like, I remember me and Ian went out for drinks after, and we were both like, is this what TV is now? Like... <laughs> like, you've got to basically sit there. And, like, no one fucking stopped and went, Spencer, mate, let him have his moment. Like, ev everyone in this fucking room and everyone on TV knows you, Spencer Matthews, because you're a fucking, you're a reality star. At the time, no, me and Ian Sterling were literally just coming off the circuit and we were very, like, let him have his moment. Let him have his moment. Because you know what, Spencer, you are a punchline. You don't need to fuck oh other people. Oh, my, oh, my God. <laughs> That that was a mad thing. Is like you'd be on a, a a show and you'd like say something that you thought was funny and it would go to something and then some a, a reality TV star would say something like, "Is that a monkey?" and then it would get a round of applause. Oh mate, yeah, you know what I mean, mate, it was, it was it was an insane. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing. By the way, before people come at me, I've got nothing against. Oh no, some of my bits, I've got really like, close yeah. friends who are like you know people who you know fucking hell, murder and successful was made by. Some hilarious people who are brilliant, but and that isn't my you know, reality TV's re what was difficult at that time. Yeah, we we just before people. We are not anti reality TV no. snobs, all right. Some like I say, some of the nicest people I know in this industry are reality. But the, what was yeah. hard at that time was if you were as a comedian up and cut. There'd been a long time where panel shows was what comedians were doing. That was a, the, yeah. the 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 in that we had. Number one to get yourself known 
on television and get yourself known to a wider audience. Yeah. And they, they were made for comedians to go and be funny. And all, out of nowhere, all of a sudden, you'd be doing that. And, um, you know, actually, actually, to shout someone out who I actually just, like, I did one with who I actually felt, like, loved was Brian Bella. <laughs> really? Oh, man. How come? He's, he, you know what? We did a pilot together, me and Brian Bello, right? And um, he was number one, like, like that's what I mean, like, like Spencer. And like, look, there's nothing, I like Spencer, and I've met, I've met Spencer through Jamie quite a few, Jamie Lang quite a few times, and he's, you know, he'll he have the band or whatever. But Brian, it was like Brian was like a perfect comedy character in a sense, like he knew what his stick was. Yeah, a bit like you know when Sean Williamson comes on League. Yeah. When someone just comes on, they're just like, I'm not here to fuck with anyone else. I'm going to be funny and I'm going to make this better, right? But we did this pilot and it was clear that this really like middle-class up themselves producer who come up with this format and was sort of like being so fucking like quite rude, but quite so, yeah, this is going to be the best thing ever. Right. Um, slowly as the fucking, uh, slowly as the whole thing fell apart, right? And it was quite clear that this, wasn't going to be a series. Oh God, and it was, it's, hor it's, hor it's horrible. Brian Bello just leant over to me and he went, he's lost the dressing room. He's got no idea what's <laughs> going on here. And then throughout the whole thing, <laughs> I like, I stopped even caring about the pilot. I was just wanting to get yeah. like uh, Brian Bello's autopsy throughout the whole thing. It was just like, like he'd been in TV a lot longer than me and he just, he worked out, he'd worked out what had gone wrong. There's not much that feels worse than being on a pilot that you sort of realise midway through is not going <laughs> to... It's not going to go okay. Do you know what as well? When, when you're fucking start, I mean, it's still now it happens, but like when you're starting out and you get like, oh, you're going to be a captain on this thing, right? And like, you're like, oh my God, wow, fucking hell. Well, number one, you know that that's not true because if it does get commissioned, like you, I'd be, you know, you'd be slight, like side split step for a fucking bigger name in comedy, right? But there's a moment of like, sort of like the Kool-Aid, you take a gentle sip, and you kick back and think, oh, this is going to be great. And then you get into the moment the pilot's getting shot and you think, oh, this isn't, this isn't going to go. Oh, I mean, look, you and I have had an experience where um, we were doing a, we were doing a, a thing. Uh, it, wasn't, it hadn't made it to pilot stage yet. It was a, a run-through thing that, we'd been, that I was hosting and you were on. And, um, oh, God. And, oh, um, God, that thing. <laughs> this is great. Oh. And so we're doing this. I won't go into details just because, you know, there are people that, um, that yeah, there's pe they're people that we like that are involved or whatever. But um, <laughs> this is how, this is, I'm going to tell you my side of how it went down, <laughs> right? So, so we do the read through, the channel come uh, and like to, to watch this, this thing of this panel show. I'm hosting, you're sort of like a comedy turn on it, right? Very good, by the way, obviously. Oh, as you no, always we'll are. get into that in a minute. So anyway, uh, so we do the read, we do the we'll read, I don't know why I keep saying read through, it's not scripted, we do the, the run through, right? And everyone's really positive afterwards and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it goes off, we go off and then I don't, <laughs> I don't hear anything. And then one day, I think it was you who texts me going, uh, oh, good news about the pilot or something like that. Or like, you know, looking forward to seeing you at the pilot. And then I think, what pilot? Right, because I've heard nothing. Okay, so then I get tech, I get in touch with Flo and I go, Flo, just a little thing. Do you know, um, do you know what's going on with this pilot thing? And and, and I think Flo had, I, I, I don't know, I can't remember whether she knew or didn't. Anyway, long story short, I get in touch with one of the producers and they tell me that the channel had said they want to take it to pilot with everything as is, with one change. <laughs> oh, man. And that change was me hosting. 
Like I've had a few things like that happen in my career, like heartbreaking rejections. And that that is up there for me as one of them. To, to know that they liked everything about that project, and there's, but there was one <laughs> glaring thing that they wanted changed, and that was what I was doing. It was a horrible, horrible... I mean, you know... As things go in the grand scheme of things, it's not the worst thing that's ever happened. Also, that never made it to series, did it? No, it didn't in the end, yeah. Because but... it was, by the way, can I just say, right, the reason, number one, they, they I think, got rid of you on that is because fundamentally it was a fucking shit concept, concept, right? But the easiest thing to do, and this is what I'm saying about our industry at times, and, and we're all probably culpable a little bit for it, instead of going, well, actually, this might need a little bit of work, right? The reason it fell down is because the actual, itself and the fundamentals behind the idea were flawed right but the easy like the thing to look at was the person who had to sort of try and run that go through all of the different games and put put the whole yeah. thing together it was easier to go oh actually it might be the person doing that rather than actually looking yeah, at what yeah. was behind it yeah. and because actually when the pilot itself i remember going to do the pilot and it was maybe i remember seeing the photos from it you had a right old knees up didn't you no it you was awful like... I remember you sent me like a little like video of like, cheers, Rom. Sorry you couldn't be here. <laughs> Shut up. Because people would believe that I'd do that. <laughs> it was absolutely, no, it, was, it was terrible. I remember the like other people involved thinking that this is fucking, like genuinely, like in that, I'd say three or four of the people I'd say are my favourite character comedians. Oh, mate. They're, they're, people they're who I think are so people. incredibly talented, yeah. right? But that show was so dog shit, right? Even with them in there and you hosting, it still wasn't good. Like even that night, I remember Ellie White, who I think I, I can I, I think Ellie White's incredible. I think she's hilarious, unbelievable, one of like, my favourite so people. Funny she's and brilliant, yeah. Well, and successful. She was literally just a joy to have, like, but so fucking funny, right? So yeah. when this show was happening, me and Ellie had just done the bit, Chris Kamara episode to come out, right? And they were like, "Oh, right, yeah. you and Ellie could do this thing together, right?" So what ends up happening is they change the idea about 10 times that week and four times on the day that we're doing it, right? right? And instead of going, oh, Ellie and Tom might know what they're doing a little bit when it comes to character comedy, they overly produce stuff. It becomes so, yeah. so cringily so that by the time you're actually fucking going to do it, you fucking hate the idea. Ellie hates the idea. So by the time you're out there doing it, you're like, you've got no faith in it. And you've got no faith in yourself. Because yeah. that's the other thing yeah. about, you know, not to get too deep into stuff. I've put, like, you know, I've worked on so many shows where you get, like, you, there's amazing producers in this country. And I, I'll go as far as to say that I think British comedy and some of the stuff we make is, is, is up the best in the world. Yeah, I agree. I agree. There's, 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 there's producers some people, who undermine. The, the good people are great. Oh, the good people are incredible. But there's people that you can work with in this industry who completely undermine and they will ruin your confidence. They'll destroy what you think's funny. Before I had it on a show where uh, I was doing this uh, really in the infancy of my career, and uh, this this producer was so like, just like literally had a go at everything I did to the point where I went, "Why am I here?" Yeah, and he was like, "Well, you know, because the channel wanted you here." And I was like, "But you don't want me here." And he was like, "Well, no, no, you're you know." Da, da, da. I was like. If you don't find me, I'd rather just leave the show. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But I always yeah, thought with that one, it was it was the everything around it was flawed. But I do think I do think that's why I think both you and I do this a lot. Is that 
whenever I see or meet somebody that I think is really good, I desperately try and cling on to them and like try and recommend, like, you know, put them forward for, yeah. I'm, and, I, I don't, and I don't mean that in a, aren't I a great guy way. I mean, I want to work with those people going, because when you find good people, you, you've got to hang on to them, man. Yeah. Cause it's like, like people that are good for their good at the job, but also fun to be around, you know, like good, good to work with. Like those people, you just got to keep getting get back in. It's, Man, it's, like, it's um, all about that. And it's all about that in front of the camera and behind the camera as well. I think that like yeah. everything, pretty much we've kept the same team really from Murder and Successful to now for the yeah. curse and everything else we've done. So, um, you know, uh, we've gone a bit, we've gone a bit in there. Yeah. Sort of that was a bit of industry chat, guys. Who's behind the curtain? Yeah. Talking about peeking behind the curtain, um, if you want to peek behind the curtain into a different world, um, I've just been reading Barry Hearn, My Life, um, which is a peek behind the world into Barry Hearn and how he lives his life um, as a... What's going on here? What? What's just going saying, on here? What, it's an amazing book um, about an incredible guy. Uh, just want to give him a shout out. If you want to, it's, it's coming up to that summer season where you might need a book. And, uh, what, 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 book what's going on? I'm just saying that this book... If you really want to get stuck into one of the, the life of one of, you know, I think one of the main faces behind the British sports scene, go no further than Barry Hearn, my life. And it's all about his life. Great. Thank you. Um, look forward to hearing your stint on a good read or between the covers or whatever they've got. Um, uh, speaking of, by the way, speaking of good um, sports books, have you read the Andre Agassi autobiography? No, 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 no. Okay. Listen, you've got to read that book, man. Really? I listened to the audio book. It's fucking great. Does he read it himself? And I'm not. I'm not even. Listen, I'm not even a tennis fan. But somebody I recommended you were a tennis to me. fan for some reason. Did you? Yeah, I always genuinely thought you were a tennis fan. No, I um, swear but, I've seen you at Wimbledon though. You you've not seen you've right, not seen right, right. You be honest now. You be honest, my darling boy. Yeah. Have you ever been to Wimbledon? I swear. I, listen, I swear on my life, I've never been to Wimbledon. I know you have. I haven't. Definitely, I haven't. I have I've definitely seen you in the fucking Evian box or wherever it is. <laughs> mate, like there, I, there. mate. It, I'll tell you what, I'm getting tickets three years after you. <laughs> I don't know how this shit works, brother. You're um, there with fucking Prince fucking William. No, no, no. I, I, listen, I, I love the idea of going to... Look, uh, listen, Wimbledon's great. I'd love to go to Wimbledon. I'm not, a te- but I'm, not a tennis fan. I'm not a tennis fan. So I don't I mind know. tennis. I like the knockabout, but... No, I like... Listen, I think it's good, but I just think Wimbledon... It, it's like it's the same thing as us getting annoyed about seeing people at cup at oh, finals. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah but I mean? yeah, but this that's is what, what I'm I, that's what it's I feel like, like. That's what I feel like. I well, do the latest one is fucking uh, isn't it? Um, what's it called? The fucking Chelsea Flower Show. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. Actually. Fuck me, Jesus Christ! There's people there. I really, I'm sorry, but there's people there I really love. Right? I'm like, I've never heard you talk about flowers. No, I don't think you've even got a fucking garden. But yet, yet you're there and just and like it's. Like, it's insane, like, people just rocking up to these things. Like, and I just think as well, there's some poor old bird or poor old fella or whatever who, who, who would love to have been there but couldn't. Here's the thing, right? Okay, so I'm just going to posit, because I do know what you're saying, and I've complained about this with regards to the World Cup final and stuff like that. But here's the thing. I was chatting to somebody about uh, people going to... Do you remember that thing that with Cecil the Lion, right? Do you remember that guy that shot that, shot that lion dead yeah. or whatever, right? And then I was talking to somebody about it, and he said to me, 
has it occurred to you? He didn't say it in, the, in that patronising way. He said, there's, there, there's, a, there's a group of hunters that went out and they, uh, they went out to hunt an animal, right? I can't, yeah. I can't remember what it was. And he said, they pay tens of thousands of pounds to go and do, to have this experience, right? And he said, you lose a couple of animals, but what you get is thousands of pounds flooding into the area, right? From these like guys that have got loads of money. And he said, there's an argument and, you know, I don't know the ins and outs of this, but I just had this discussion with this guy. There's an argument that the positives outweigh those negatives, right? The reason I'm mentioning this in this context is, is there an argument that actually what these people, they, they, they might not oh, be motivated sorry. by right, this, but look, is there I love an, you to uh, death, right? But I'm going to say something, right? I'll have a look at how long Chelsea fucking flower show has been fucking running, yeah? And I'm sorry to swear, right? It's been running for, I'd, I'd say probably around about a century, right? It's a British institution. It doesn't need, need some loudmouth with fucking 40,000 followers on Instagram rocking up and saying flowers are good. It's, it's, an absolute, it's a massive part of, like, the summertime thing. The World Cup final didn't need someone who doesn't like football turning up and going, oh, I can't believe I'm here, but I am anyway. It's an institution. I'm just okay. saying, like, no, I'm saying I'm all for people finding new experiences, but the faux fucking bullshit of turning up and going... Oh, I'm really into flowers now. And then about a day later, go, oh, I didn't know that you like roses. Well, I didn't know like, that like, you like fucking poppies or whatever. And they're the only two flowers that I know because I didn't go to the fucking flower show because I couldn't give a fuck about flowers. What mm. I'm saying is it's like, it's not about the flower show. And it's not about it. It's about being seen at something that you think it's like, oh, yeah, I need to be, I need to be there. If I'm not there, what's going like, like this? It's all of, it's not about the flower show. It's not about anything or Wimbledon. It's about someone needing to be there to be seen at something because they think that's the thing that's going to enhance their life and move them up a few rungs of a ladder to be more of a social elite. And it's bullshit. Mm. It's, not, it's nice to see how that eight hours of sleep has chilled you out. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a real different vibe. No, but I'm like... Sort of, no, I'm joking, no, I'm joking. No, I'm joking. I, I just it's think like, let people go who want to go. It's my worst thing about our industry and celebrity. It yeah, really is. I know. Cut to the World Cup later on. Tom just like, fucking can't believe me at the cricket. It'll be me at the Oval. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's great, this. Someone's just taking a wicket. What's a wicket? Who gives a fuck? <laughs> I've got free champagne. Let's do some uh, emails. Uh, this is from the Anxious Gazelle. Wowzers, wowzers. Um, are you ready to email us, by the way? Yeah, I didn't yeah, wait for a response. Oh, mate, I, yeah, yeah, let's do it, let's do it. Well, you've looked down now, you're looking at your phone. It seems, seems like you're in a bit of a... No, 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 I'm just making sure little G's all right. Just checking out on the old monitor. Is little G okay? No, she's back asleep. She haven't, never, never... Have you got a look, have, is that Was that you messaging Catherine or have you got a camera? You've got a camera thing. She sends me pictures. Oh, mate. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just a, it's a beautiful thing. Okay. But... Uh, hello to the Wolf, Fowl, Swan and Cat. Thank you for making such a wonderful podcast. I can't tell how much hearing you guys chat every week calms me and makes me laugh. I wanted to see what you thought about the issue of pursuing an ex. I'm nearing my mid-twenties and had a relationship with a guy which ended two years ago. The breakup was my doing. For context, we were long distance in the UK and I had plans of moving country for a job which didn't go down well with him. I was really upset breaking up with him because we had a loving relationship but it didn't feel right at the time. Fast forward a pandemic and moving back to the UK, I bumped into him at a festival recently which has completely thrown me. All these memories of us together are flooded back and I realise how much I miss him. It also didn't help that he told me at the fest that I have a special place in his heart. I've been thinking about asking him to meet up for a drink, but I've also found out he's now seeing somebody. I can't seem to stop thinking about him. 
And what we had to the point where I'm struggling to concentrate and getting upset while at work. Would it be totally out of order to ask to meet up for a drink despite knowing he's seeing somebody? I feel the ball is currently in his court, but would it be wrong to nudge it along? Thanks again for the excellent pod and for soothing my overthinking head, the anxious gazelle. Tom Davis. Yo, the anxious gazelle. Um, you know what? Uh, many, many moons ago before um, I was with my beloved wife, um, I had a similar sort of situation. Probably, I think it was through most of my 20s, sort of up until about a year or so before I, I met Catherine, where I'd sort of met this girl and uh, we'd sort of hooked up a bit. On, we'd sort of, yeah, and, and but it, it, we, we got into a situation where every time that we thought, oh, we could make a run at something, one of us would be in a relationship and the other one wouldn't. And it would just, there would just never be that right moment. And now we're both in a situation where we've both moved on, both very happy, whatever. But sometimes things are meant to be and sometimes things aren't. And I think the thing is about um, the situation you found yourself in is like right now, and that like, if he said the special thing, placing your heart, but he is seeing someone, I think you kind of got to let that be. And it is, it's hard because you're going to get upset and you're going to feel that. But I think, like, unless he comes through and, and says to you, you know what, I can't stop thinking about you since I saw you again. And I'm going to, like, let this other person know that. And I'm going to, let's, let's work this out. I think you go into him and saying, oh, yeah, do we want to do this or do we want to do that? For me, I don't think that's right. I think, like, you kind of got to move on with yourself. And that, the thing that you've got and that special relationship you had, that bond that you've got together, it might never work out. It might, might never be the thing that happens. But it might be saying it's better that this round the corner or, you know, for, for both of you. And it, it's just this thing was never meant to be. But I think the uh, – I don't agree with, with, with giving someone a shout and saying, like, hey, I can't stop thinking about you. Because whatever the score is, he has seen someone else. And you've got to allow that before, yeah, before you get involved. So that's my advice, Anxious Gazelle. And I, I wish you luck and I wish you happiness. Uh, anxious Gazelle um... – Look, this is what I, I this is my take on it. It's possible that uh, he's thinking about you the same way and thinking, uh, "I want to, I want to get back with her," and um, I, I really, you know, I really, I'm sad that we've broken up and she's back in the UK and maybe there's a way of um, of getting back together. Um, but I do think when you say the ball is in his court, it really is in his court. If if he decides that he wants to explore that or pursue that, then you've got to allow him to do that because he's in a relationship. I don't think you nudging it along is the right thing to do. I think you have to, you've got to surrender yourself to however this turns out. I, I, I don't think you should nudge it along. Look, based on the very sort of scant information you've given us, and by the way, you know, I, you don't need to be any fuller than you have done, but like just I, I, what I'm saying is I'm making assumptions here, but you broke up because you were going to move and then we've had the pandemic and then you've bumped into him and you know, all of those feelings have come back. That is kind of the perfect storm to kind of start missing somebody and feeling like, you know, what could have happened and blah, blah, blah. Because you didn't break up because one of you was a shit to the other one. You didn't break up because things didn't work out. You broke up because of uh, of this circumstance. Do you know what I mean? And so when you go, when you saw him again, he's sort of like, I'm, I'm assuming here that you're not in a relationship. You sort of go, oh my God, like this is the first time I've seen this person in all this time. And, and look, the... Sometimes those things happen. I've bumped into people that I've that I used to see, and if you had a str a strong bond with that person, you can't help those things coming back. But that doesn't mean that 
It doesn't definitely mean, it certainly doesn't definitely mean that there's something there to explore or see if there's anything further. So I guess what I'm saying, I'm not I'm sort of quite waffly about it, is um, it's possible that he wants to get back with you or he'd like to explore that. But I would say even if that's the case, you have to allow him to do that. You, I, I wouldn't, I don't think you should be nudging it along. He's in a relationship. You need to respect him and respect that relationship he's in. But, but also, in addition to that, the other outcome might be he just meant you've got a special place in his heart because you had a relationship together and, you know, people that I used to be with have got a special place in my heart. You know, people that I was in relationships with have a special place in my heart, but I'm not going to go and have another relationship with them. Do you know what I mean? So um, I think you've got to do nothing. And and I know that's not ideal because you're saying that you're struggling to concentrate and getting upset while at work, but I sort of think you have to go through that, man. It's just like that is... You know, life does that sometimes. And, and, you know, I think you've got to live with the confidence that it will be fine in the end. Do you know what I mean? It really will be. And that might not feel like that at the moment, but that is definitely true. So uh, good luck, Anxious Gazelle. I feel bad because Tom and I probably, I imagine that you emailed us hoping that we were going to tell you to go for it. But um, as I was, I was trying to say, and I think actually this would make an amazing tattoo, what could be, could be, what is, is... And that's life, baby. Mm, okay, I don't know what part of the body you'd, you'd have something quite that long on, but okay. Round, round the top of your leg. Round the top of your leg. Yeah. So what, people reading it would have to sort of rotate round your thigh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Well, All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is from the Goofy Giraffe. Oh, wow, uh, my favourite. Also, Grace's favourite animal, so. She loves really? Giraffe. Yeah, she loves giraffes, yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's Who something to do with me. Giraffe. They just look so fucking made up, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Giraffe and the duckbill platypus are up there for me. For Somebody must have been on I asked for a refund they... once. I went to a zoo and the giraffes weren't around and uh, like they were having a day off or whatever. I don't know why they weren't there. Do you mean zoos that rely on visitor money for to, to exist as a conservation <laughs> space? You asked for a refund? No, because I went there, right? The hippo enclosure is closed, and there's—I don't know—I don't—I said to them, like, man, there. I was like, I said, uh, where are the giraffes? And he was like, oh, they're not in today. Like <laughs> they work there. They're not in today. No, <laughs> had a day what off. does that mean? Like, if you had gone into the West End, if you got into the slug of lettuce on that Saturday, you'd have seen eight giraffes absolutely smashed, <laughs> having a day off. No, he just said he was like, no, oh, they're not in today. I was like, well, the, the hippos aren't here, the giraffes aren't. This is half baked, mate. What animals were there? Like lions, tigers, right, right, yeah, okay. dolphins. All right. So, did you get the refund? No, no, no. In the end, he taught me. Right. No. He said, "Have yeah. you had a nice time?" I was, yeah, yeah, but not everything's here that I wanted to be. I, 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 are you telling the truth? Yeah, 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 yeah. I get annoyed with little things with? in life. Bugbears. Who are you with? Catherine. You're with Catherine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was actually one of our first dates. <laughs> next time, I, next time, I, next time I come round, I'm going to give that woman such a hug. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> You know, actually, we went to... through, sorry, just to interject. We went through, like, yeah. I'm, it's a miracle. We went through a little stage in the infancy of our relationship where I was trying to sort of show myself to be, like, a little bit more, uh, like, pragmatic, so well. But we, I did that one, right, where I asked for the refund. And I think it was on our first day, I complained about this woman giving me the wrong change, right? Quite, <laughs> like, yeah, excuse me. So you're like, trying to show yourself to be an assertive yeah, yeah, yeah. stand-up guy. Um, yeah. But I was skinned at the time as well. I was, didn't have much money. Um, so I'd try and do dates. and you know, But I thought, genuinely thought this woman had shortchanged me, right? And uh, sort of was like, sorry, I'm just going to deal with this. Right? This woman's shortchanged me, right? I made quite a big deal about it. Like, you know, 
I thought I'd given this woman a twenty pound note or cut a twenty pound notes, but yeah. um, in fact, I'd given her a cut of tins. Whatever. I mean, this says the level of food that we got up for. Um, and uh, Catherine went, "Oh no, no, no! You, you definitely just gave her a couple of tens like, at the end of it." And I was just like, oh, "Yeah, no. it was so cringy." I, I had a similar thing where I took Lisa to go and see Kanye. Yeah, when we first started going out, and. Um, I've just got this thing about turning up on time for a gig, right? And like being there for they So I was like really sort of, um, you know, I, I'm normally like this, right? How I am now, which yeah. is like, except for certain situations, yeah, 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 yeah. which which I would say I became your impression of me, right? So I was sort of, <laughs> you know, like trying to get over to the O2 and blah, 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 and like sort of getting a bit anxious about how long it was taking. Yeah, the tube like stopped between two stations. I'm starting to get a bit neurotic. And Lisa was like quite honest. She goes, um, you're quite a different person when you're trying to get to a concert, aren't you? <laughs> oh, God. And it, she didn't say it in a complimentary way. She didn't say oh, that was really sexy the way you got us to that gig. Um, right, anyway. Wet yourself on the Jubilee line. The, goof, the goofy giraffe. Firstly, I'd like to say the I love the pod and it's the highlight of my week, so keep it up. To set the scene, me and my girlfriend are four years, both 21 and at uni, amongst other things, have one big joint passion, food and, of course, eating it. I've always been healthy, but maybe what you'd call a little pudgy compared to my peers throughout school. But as an active kid, I never really had to worry about the food I was eating. However, when I went to uni, I started to eat very unhealthily and gain a lot of weight. At the end of my first year, this is a common story of university students, by the way. At the end of my first year during lockdown, I started to eat more healthily and sort of diet. I don't know why I said that with that much stank. It worked very well, and I lost about three to four stone. I then picked up running just over a year ago. I run five times a week, go to the gym regularly. But I'm conscious about my food choices. Ever since I started that diet two years ago, I've been forever thinking about how good or bad the food I'm eating is. My girlfriend, on the other hand, does not fuss so much about it. So when we're together, we often eat her regular diet and treat ourselves because being at different unis, we're often only together for the odd weekend. But sometimes I don't want to eat bad things, but I feel obliged to because it's my time with her. I also know if I don't want a sweet, she won't eat it because she will feel that she's being too she's being unhealthy as well. But if I do eat the sweets, I feel like I'm doing something bad to myself and just spiral thinking about the weight I could gain from the food. Is this a problem I need to talk to her about or am I just being silly and letting food control me like this? Because despite being happy with my body, I preferred my old relationship with food. Apologies for the essay. And please, if you could give any word, wise words of wisdom, it would be really appreciated. Yo, the goofy giraffe, number one. I must commend you again on your name because I love it. And uh, actually, weirdly, uh, my heart's open to you, my friend. Um, mm. I would say it's, it, I think the, the problem you have is, yeah, it's a university one, but I think also it's 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 a couple's one as well. You, me and Catherine, certainly at the moment, uh, you know, as I've said about the um, trying to give up shoot, like we're both in a situation where we're, since Grace has been here, we're, we're both, because of ease for having a baby, you end up eating a few more takeaways, for a few more ready meals than we used to. And, um Sometimes a diet, a diet choices aren't bang on. Um, I think food is a really, really, really important part of being a couple. I think, I think it's a really important part of a family's life. I think, like, you know, I think it's like the the food you eat and the stuff that you like. And I think it's a really important thing. I think, like, for me, some of the happiest times in in my relationship, and this might not sound cool, or, or, but is is like one of us thinking, "Fuck it, let's just get a Domino's or a Chinese tonight out of the blue," or curry and, and whatever food that we the foods that we like and the things that we we don't really drink a lot now and the our little treats you know are you know let's let's go and you know get ice creams or whatever and they're, they're the little moments that i think actually sort of you bond a little bit and they're li- tiny little things like eating together as a couple is really important and i think 
because it's something you're sharing. You're sharing a, a mutual love of something. Food is at the heart of mine and Catherine's relationship. It always has been, you know, since, you know, I quarreled with that woman over a restaurant receipt. And I think, for me anyway, look, I made, I made a few big life decisions, you know, around about a year ago, knowing that I was going to, that Grace was going to be here and, and like just my longevity of life. But I train, I make sure that I try and be as healthy as I can. But also, I sort of don't, I, I don't think that should then limit, I think if I'm doing those things, as silly as it sounds, I, I look, I put up a thing yesterday on on Instagram about this fucking helmet who keeps popping up on my like on my stream. Who's like ripped. what this? Huh? Do these? Yeah, yeah. What that guy? Yeah, I'm like, what mm. the? F- like, why is he on my stream? He's li- I, I you know he literally like it's everything that I'm not right. But the thing about someone like that is like that makes him happy, right? And that's fine. And I'm all about finding your happiness. But if it's food that makes you happy and it's food that you bond with your missus uh, with. Don't pull that away from yourself. If you if you're being healthy, you're going to the gym, you're doing your running and stuff. Reward yourself and and make sure that you you pick your smiles where you can because life is long and uh, hopefully and uh, you I think you need your treats. You need your well done, mate. Slap on the back. Let's go and all, like have a big ice cream sundae together. Make sure you do that, my friend. Yeah, um, I feel slightly nervous about getting into this one because like. People's relationships with food and their bodies is incredibly complicated, and you know we're not really qualified to to to, to get into this. Oh but... wow, nice one for throwing me under the bus. <laughs> no, you I, no, but sorry, sorry, I, I, I was about to say. Having said all of that, I do. I, was I, I, do I Josh, my friend, I Josh. I do think what you said was spot on, but like, but I I think the truth is is that you've got a similar thing to what Tom and I have in terms of when you grow up a little bit or you sort of have ongoing body issues. If you manage to maintain some progress, you you can become almost a little bit kind of obsessive about it. And I think you training and feeling good about your body is great. But look, I'm going to tell you from my own my own experience. But 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 I am not somebody to follow because, as you know from listening to this podcast, I I have got a series of issues that I'm still yet to uh, unpack and deal with with regards to my body. But look, my my ultimate aim is not to be completely ripped and like. 5% 5% body fat and just like fucking lean as fuck. My uh, aim is to feel okay with my body, but also be able to live a normal life when it comes to like eating and stuff like that. And, and, and that that's either going to be through, you know, physical change, but more likely that's going to be through mental change because the truth is Tom and I, I think I'm, you know, speaking on, on behalf of both of us, there are psychological issues at play here which have led to us being as unhappy with our bodies as we have been throughout our lives, right? And so there is something that you've got to look at in your head with regards to that that's probably going to get you to a, a solution quicker than, quicker than changing your body because the truth is, however, whatever level you get to with your physical appearance, if you haven't fixed yourself in your head, you're going to be keeping to go, well, you're going to keep looking at yourself going, well, I'm still a bit here and I could change this and blah, blah, blah. It, it, you never, it never ends. And so I could go on and on about this, but I think the truth is, is that you need to be able to to be comfortable to eat sweet things or whatever it is you're eating with your girlfriend. You know, you need to be in a place where if you do that, that is okay. You're not seeing her that regularly. You want to be in a position where, look, how I'm living at the moment is I'm trying to eat healthily during the week, but if something fucks up, 
that's not the end of my healthy eating. I've just had a thing there where I've had like a, an evening or a couple of days where I've like eaten badly. And then I'll just start again and get back on it, right? And I'm not saying I need to be your role model, but I think that's, I feel like for me, that's a healthier way of looking at it. I've done things in the past where I've become obsessive and I've gone to a restaurant with mates and I've gone, I'll just have this. And I don't even, that's not even the thing I want, but I just want to just minimize my calorie intake or whatever. And I just think that, I just don't think that's a fun way to live your life. Do you know what I mean? So I think, look, I, I think the truth is the fact that you've emailed into us is, is, is a sign that you haven't found the balance yet. And um, I think just tweak it a little bit. And also the other thing that's quite dangerous is you talking about good and bad foods. It doesn't, that's not a thing. Good and bad foods is not a thing. It's like there are no bad foods, there are no good foods. It's, it's all about moderation and balancing this stuff out. So, you know, there's certain things that are in your email that I think psychologically you could have a look at, man. And there's loads of reading that you can do and, and stuff that you can do to help you with that. So, um, yeah, look, I, it's a complicated thing. But I think you, the ideal would be to be in a position where you're happy with yourself and also able to enjoy yourself with your girlfriend. Like Tom said, you know, enjoying nice food and doing things like that and not worrying about it is what a cool thing to, what a cool position to be in. You know, uh, the tattoo you could have on the other leg. Life is like a higher high, walking on a high wire. It's all about balance. Would you have that stumble in it as well in the tattoo? <laughs> That'd be great, wouldn't it, if you went in and said life is like a high wire and the guy put three H's in. That's how you said it, mate. What a, what a, what a, what an episode this has been. What an fun episode times. this has there been. has been so many. I, I've times. got to say, Tom, I um uh my favourite thing about this podcast is seeing you well rested. Yeah, I feel well rested. I feel I feel you know what. And this maybe is my ending note, is rest is important and so is sleep. If you take a peer out into a park or into a garden, you'll look at maybe the epitome of this of all time, Mother Nature. You see sometimes the grass grows and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes the flowers bloom and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you will see bees scamp from flower to flower just trying to pack up as much pollen as they can to take back to their um bee houses wow sometimes you will see wasps and you'll think hmm, what's he up to but one day the wasp won't be there you will seldom see a insect save the firefly or an actual normal fly who aren't as cool at night or actual moths that's i don't know if they're insects or not my point is this Know when to rest and know when to live your best life. You can't be going for 24 hours. Sometimes you've got to kick back, relax and say, yo, let's go up to Bedfordshire. Let's close those eyes and chill out. Let's know that if we're going to take the life to the max, we've got to lay the tracks by getting that slumber. My friends, my family, my kin, rest up, be sharp. And as always, do you? When you um, when you stumbled on that uh, Max tracks rhyme, did you get a little bit of a hard on there? As you thought, I've got myself a yeah. I mean, uh, to be fair, I've almost got an album's worth out of this <laughs> podcast. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. Week. You've been doing a lot. You've been doing a lot of rapping on this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, guys, thank you so much for once again for listening to the Wolf and Our podcast. Uh, we will see you oh, very very. Uh, we, we should say actually as well because I think this will be. Um, uh, 
our merch, our actual full website goes live on Father's Day. When's our Father's Day? Father's Day 2022. The 19th of June. All right, so 19th of June, as far as I'm aware, <laughs> merch and a Wolf and Our website are all going live. Um, yes. You'll find zany clips, um, you know, of us, and probably that's where you're going to be able to buy it. Can I say about your new album? Uh, anyway, guys, <laughs> it's been a treat and a treasure. Thank you for digging us out on an island called Podcast. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. I, I mean, if you're listening to this and you think, oh, God, I get a lot about this, out of this podcast, let me tell you something. The two people... They get the most out of this, uh, the wolf and myself. So for that, from both of us, thank you so much. God bless you. Good luck on wherever your voyages take you. Uh, and remember, it's not always about the destination. Just tuck in and enjoy the journey. See you later, guys. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you have a problem, opinion, feedback, or anything at all, please email us at wolfalpod at gmail.com. That's wolfalpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, mainly because we don't have any content ideas. Thank you.